0: Welcome to the Build Better Brands podcast. I am your host, Danielle Clark, and today I'm joined by Matt Davis. Matt is a Level C certified brand strategist. Uh, He's originally from London and currently residing in South Wales. Uh, He runs his own consultancy business, and I think it's fair to say he truly understands
1: the importance of
0: branding. So, Matt, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Danielle, thank you for having me. I, I, I really do appreciate it, and um, I think uh, it's fantastic that we've got podcasts like yours springing up all over the place. We need to talk more about <laughs> the importance of brand in the world. So, thank you for having me on and for the opportunity to 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 share some some ideas.
0: Ah, oh, likewise, and thank you so much for coming on and and saying yes. Um, I've asked you on the show today because obviously you are a brand expert and you now help businesses globally to get a grip on their brands and you help bring teams together um but you weren't always a brand consultant were you no.
1: uh,
0: so tell us tell us a bit about that
1: wow i mean i mean how long we got we could, we could easily <laughs> fill the uh, Matt's, Matt Davis's story can be very long, so I'll try not to make it long, because I'm sure we want to get into something um, more, more, more tangible. But I'll try and think about it from the perspective of value to, to, to your audience. Um, the, my background is in graphic design, right? And um, so I started as, you know, literally on the studio floor, creating stuff on Macs, so a Mac monkey, if you like. Um creating, you know, basically works of art, you know, in a sense, but with purpose behind them, you know, through Photoshop Illustrator. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably have similar background to that. Um, but what I found uh later as my career developed, I eventually um branched out, I worked agency and then I, I started my own agency at quite a young age, and then we grew that. Um I then sold it to another agency, then became part of the leadership team of a much bigger agency, then went in-house for a bit. And uh, over the last three, four years, I've now been solo consulting. So that's just the roller coaster ride of my career. There's loads of detail that I will spare everybody with for now. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, one thing that's never changed in my career is a passion for truth, right? So as a designer, sometimes you're asked to um, to veneer stuff, to create, you know, create me a brand, right? Yeah. Whatever that means, right? And... <laughs> Often people think it's a logo and some fonts and, 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 and they want to project a particular image. And of course, that's relevant and that's, that's absolutely fair enough. But what used to really upset me was when the reality, I knew that the reality of what they were asking me to do didn't actually match the internal culture, intentions, and even customer experience of the company, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of upset Really led me into into kind of figuring out well how do we actually join the get, join the dots here um, between actually what we put out and the reality of things and and another issue that we faced uh, you know when I ran design teams was the backwards and forwardsing with clients so you know a mismatch with what the client uh, kind of thought they needed <laughs> yeah and and actually what the designers thought they needed or or you know the designer would be like hey yeah. I fulfilled the brief here it is yeah. it looks awesome and then the client would be like uh that's not what like, we asked for yeah and you're like yeah no that, that definitely is what you asked for <laughs> they're like no 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 we yeah. want it different and, and then in the end of it you have conversations you've probably had this before where people have been like yeah well I know it I'll know it when I see it yeah like, what the heck does that mean and then and then you know you get expressions like just just make it pop a bit more yeah. you know it's like well what does that mean so a lot of subjectivity in the creative process as we all know a lot of um, and and you know, that's incredibly painful when you're trying to build and run a business because you can't ever kind of figure that out. So we were having this when I was running my agency, we were having these challenges and I had uh, employed a chap who uh, was, uh, was a senior guy. He used to work for Eon, a bigger energy company here in the UK. And he said to me, he was, he was a project manager. He was like, Matt, this is just not good enough, right? We're mismatched constantly on these projects. I've got an idea. Why don't we run a workshop right and this is like I don't know 13 14 years ago I was like okay. a, a workshop what yeah. is this newfangled thing you know <laughs> anyway he ran this workshop I said can I sit in the workshop I was the creative director can I sit in the workshop um pre prior to that we just asked clients to give us a brief assuming they knew stuff yeah But they didn't so we sat in the workshop and I just like all of our team we had developers and website people and um creatives and you know, animators and stuff sometimes they come in and the project manager and me and then all the clients team and we'd all come together and I was just like oh my days why have we never this is so obvious why have we never done this before so from that day on uh, many years ago we you know I started to develop out skills in workshopping in order and here's the key word for today's podcast in order to form alignment and like that that is alignment around truth. You know That is the key thing. So that led me to develop out those workshops even more. And one of the other quick things, and I will let you get a word in edgeways in a second, it's uh, fine. Daniel, sorry, I just this want to get this, this makes, out there. This makes it
0: easy for me. You can you oh, can't. You just sit
1: there and just, <laughs> well, I, I just want to make this point. One of the things that we, um, the, 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 I realized was even in those workshops and situations, sometimes I realized we were helping the customer as in the, the, the client's team actually figure stuff out and actually solve problems. In other words, they weren't even aligned. So here's the bizarre thing. If they're not even aligned and we're expecting them to send a brief into us so that we can you know, create something that will help them communicate something, but they're not aligned around that, then it's going to be a failure from the start. So yeah. we realized this, and we realized that we need to create value in these workshops Um, And that led me, and I sort of stumbled my way into this concept of brand. And so perhaps we can talk about that in a minute. But, but the brand thinking, for me, helps to bring that alignment at a high senior level. And from there on in, I've just been, you know, obsessed about brand and using that to solve business problems.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and kind of similar to me and my journey in that I I remember being in industry and being being very frustrated about agencies maybe just giving clients what they thought they wanted and not really giving them what they truly needed Mm -hmm. um you know you talk about having that that integrity um which is something that I really care about so um I can totally relate there um but what does branding, I know branding is a very, it's a massive subject, but say someone comes along, doesn't really understand branding, doesn't really know where to start, how would you describe what branding is to you?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fantastic question. I always think that's a good place to start with, with anybody. Um, ironically, Danielle, I think branding has an identity crisis, mm. right? which is bizarre, because we're all talking about, you know, identities and stuff. But frankly, what are we talking about? Well, for me, you see, if you think about it, take a step back, you know, for the average person, you'd say, right, what is a brand? And they go, oh, it's the logo. And if they wanted to stretch it a bit more, it's like some fonts and, you know, color palette and stuff. Mm. But that would mean, if we, you know, created the world's best logo, we'd have the world's best brand and it would be the best known and that's not how it works that's not the reality the brand is definitely not a logo right it's way bigger than that it's and how, how do we define it then so my definition that I define in I've got a book by the way um, called Story Storiatogy and in that in that book I define it as the the meaning that people attach to you and your offer to your product service or offering right it's the meaning that they attach to you um, my mentor, you mentioned Level C, um, is is Marty Newmeyer. Um, he's written some amazing books on brand. If you've not, if you're looking to get into brand strategy, he was one of the ones that I stumbled across many years ago. Um, yeah. and uh, I've been I've got one of, of a... his books
0: that's that's behind you. I know people can't see. Um, oh yeah, is it the, that brand, one the brand? The brand? Gap? The the yeah, air? The brand gap? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to read all of them. And and I, just a quick side aside on that, I, you should read. Um, there's one called scramble. I helped, I helped improve it. My claim to fame Okay. Um, helped, helped improve it. And um, yeah, I've been supporting level C who teach all this stuff. So if you're interested in this in a serious way, you know, check out level C Uh, that's uh, Marty's company um, who, you know, he's gone into training and, and, and stuff. He was an author, but anyway, the point is his definition was it's the gut feeling that people have Mm -hmm. when they come across anything that you put out. So let's just take that the brand is the meaning that people attach to you right now yes you can you can um, manage that meaning which is what what i believe branding is about but ultimately they control it right not yeah. you so they the way that the 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 experience that you give them causes them to create that meaning in their mind the messaging that you put out yes the logo the fonts and the colors that's part of it but more than that, the actual thing that you actually really do in truth helps them create that meaning, right? So the experiences. Yeah. And that, that can come from all sorts of places. It's the way you behave. It's the way you, it's the way you dress. It's the values that you have. It's the, it's the decisions that you make around how you pay your tax. You know? <laughs> it's all of those things yeah. because they all give people a perception. So branding is the attempt, the noble and audacious and crazy attempt to manage the meaning. And to do that, you really need to I- engage with, with, with understanding the principles of brand and then begin to orientate your organization or company around making decisions which align to the brand, to the to the meaning that you want people to attach to you, to the customer, that, that you want the c- customer to have about you. So let's just do that really simply because that was a really garbled <laughs> attempt. Brand <laughs> is the meaning people attach to you branding is the is the attempt to manage the meaning it's never done you've always got to keep doing it yeah and um and and uh, but the first step is that definition of what is that meaning why are you different where are you going in the marketplace why should anyone care and who Mm. are you serving so anyway there's there's a there's a high level sort of
0: no I appreciate that and I think um that there was a, a particular time where I really started to understand that when you talk about the meaning you know brands can they can do lots of work in in trying to influence the way people think and feel but ultimately there's your there's only you can only control that to a certain point and when I started to realize that was when I was in a, a meeting with some people and we were talking about some really big brands um you know a like McDonald's and Apple etc and there was a whole list of words around um, what these brands wanted to, the feeling that they wanted to evoke in people. And I think for, I might have this wrong, but I think for McDonald's, maybe it was happiness, mm. but then someone else saw the word family and they associated that with McDonald's because they remember going to McDonald's on kind of Friday or Saturday with their family. And it was a bit of a family treat, a family event. And so, again, it's about it depends on what your experience of a brand is from a personal level that also has a big impact on how you perceive that brand.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah, I I have an exercise sometimes I do with leadership teams where, you know, where I'm trying to explain this idea to them and you show them a load of logos like McDonald's or whatever. But I had one and then you say, what is that? What does that mean? You know, if you if you just show the icon of the of the brand, so the Nike tick, right, Or Nike tick, depending on how you pronounce it. How do you pronounce it, Danielle?
0: I say Nike, but apparently that's wrong. Yeah, me wrong, too. But I say
1: Nike as well, but you know, Americans I think say Nike. We're, and, we're
0: Brits, uh, we're allowed.
1: Yeah, we're anyway. So 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 let we'll go with Nike. So okay. you know, you show them the Nike tick, and you say to people like, "What does that? What does that represent to you?" Right. Now, some people will say Nike, right, but other people will be like, running or sport. Some people will say pain. <laughs> <laughs> right so it does depend on your perception but yeah. here's the thing if you're looking to manage meaning right you need to know what you want what we who so so i have this thing i've got to define brand i've my framework is four, four simple questions i'm a simple person so i like to think of it simply the first question is is well why do you exist beyond making money the second question is is um who do you exist to serve the third question is is how do you show up for them and why should they care and the fourth question is what is your offer and proposition right at a high level now obviously you can once you've got the high level answers to those you then need to to drive that through your organization um you need to really kind of and there's ways you can do that but but operationalize that thinking but as i say the first thing is you've got to figure that out you've got to figure out those things in an authentic way and even if it isn't the reality today you've got to commit yourself To creating that value for the future Mm -hmm. and so it's almost okay to have those answers to those questions as in my view as 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 something you want to aspire to but then you have to hold yourself your team your products your services accountable to to that future so that's kind of uh, the way that i frame it the why how who and what of the brand and inside each of those questions there's loads of things that you can define like in the why you know you want to define vision purpose mission and in uh, and values and then in in who you want to define your audience, you want to create audience personas that you really, you know, really are orientating your brand towards. In turn, inside how you know, I often think of, um, you know, thinking about. I don't know if you, you've touched on sort of brand personality and archetypes before in the podcast, but. I'm a big kind of fan of, of having frameworks to help align people around like as if the brand was a character yeah. in the customer's story because that's how consumers see us, see brands. And then finally, um, the what, you know, has got to be very simply, what's the proposition? Why are you different? You know, what, what is it that makes you amazing? And, you know, we've touched on Marty already, but Marty defined, I think, the pinnacle of positioning statements when he talked about the onlyness statement. And I don't know if you've come across that, but it's like, our brand is the only brand that does X, y and Z, right is the only thing that you can get this from. Now, if you've got that, you are at this, you know you, you are going to make some waves in, in, in the industry you're trying to penetrate. you're going to make an impact for your customer. And if you don't have that, then you've got to start innovating, because as I say, we've got to be true to this stuff. It can't just be fluff, right it's got to be, We've got to use this to drive decisions, to create experiences for employees. And for customers that really, really, really do, uh, you know, make a difference to them. And so, there you go. Really, yeah. Yeah, that's that's sort of uh, how I see it. Very yeah. much so.
0: The thing that you touched on there that that oh, it really gets gets on my nerves a little bit when people describe branding as fluff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um and it's normally the team in finance or, or you know the the account team or or someone like that but it's it's just a lack of understanding isn't it of the importance and and that's why that's what one of the reasons I decided to do this podcast this is why I wanted to talk to you because it it really isn't fluff it's so so important and when you look at brands that have stood the test of time brands that have succeeded. They've all focused on their branding.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like any sports team, isn't it? Like, like um, here's the thing. All successful sports teams have a strategy to win, right? Yeah. Not, all, 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 not all sports teams have a strategy, but the, most of them do. The ones that, it doesn't mean that because you've got a strategy, you will succeed. It just means that all the winners have got a strategy, and have played that out so so the point is is to set yourself up to success you need that strategy and this idea of of brand and and having that at high level so we're not talking about um we're talking about something that unites all the different silos of a business all the different business functions so finance should be connected to brand right they don't get it right now they will do you know Mm. Um, marketing and hr and operations all of these people within these functions of an organization should know how that their piece of the puzzle ladders into brand. That's, that's my view. Anyway, that's my belief. And so, you know, really my view is is that brand should sit at the highest level. It shouldn't be tucked away in marketing Mm. um, and marketing shouldn't be telling brand what to do. Brand is bigger than that because it's about customer experience, innovation products, packaging, the whole thing, not just, you know, awareness, which is basically where it, where it's sort of, Sadly, has started to live and die. You know this idea of brand, like being, um, oh, brand is like top of the funnel awareness. That's brand marketing. Well, brand marketing. What do we? What, we talk, what about the actual brand? Right? Who's looking after that across yeah. the silos of the business? Um, you've got my goat now. I'm just going to talk about fluff. <laughs> when you think about fluff, right? If you if you actually think about it, what is what is fluff, right? When we say that, oh, that's fluffy. What we're saying is it's inconsequential. It's like you know it's kind of there it's it like kind my of exists. You know, it's, it's there we don't really it's pay attention fluffy. to it yeah it's just yarr, yeah 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 right yeah and that is and I tell you why business has got that view of brand is because I don't think it's leveraged the power of it or seen the amazing way that it can really give you ROI right so what what happens is traditionally brand is like the logo and the fonts so they you know we've all heard the horror stories of you know companies public sector you know um government organizations or whatever investing thousands and thousands of pounds and dollars and euros into their brand and all the public sees is the the veneer right Mm -hmm. and so they're like why have you invested all that money in that right and and if that's what they've done shame on them because if you want to invest in your brand you've got to think about it across the whole gambit of, of, as I say, managing the meaning, right? And right down to actually what are we actually doing for this customer? And so if you think, right, that having a framework to manage that meaning is fluffy, then fair play. If you think like, you know, it, the other thing I find with, with it is if you think that you have um, it, having something that can allow leadership teams to make really bold, strong moves, bold decisions in the marketplace if you think that that's fluffy then you know and a line around that then 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 fair play but i don't (laughs) i also think like you know is it fluffy to have a long term vision for the business which is customer centric not just about like so you say to some people like why do you why do you exist and like well this year we exist to turn over another 10 million pounds and you're like well do you know what that's great for you and the board fantastic but Frankly, I don't care about that. None of your lower staff will care about that. When I say lower, I mean lower down the organization, not yeah. lower in importance. You appreciate mm-hmm. that. None of your um, customers care that you want to get fat and rich, right? No one cares.
0: No.
1: So, so this is very narcissistic when leadership teams think in this way. It's very much around, well, what, why do we exist? Because of money. Money is only there because that's how society quantifies value the question we should be asking ourselves is not, you know, what more, how much more money we want to make is how much more value do we want to add to our target audience? Because then money follows after that point, right? Because that they will give you money because they value what you're doing. So we've got, we've got to take the shift off of the money, which is important. I'm not, an, I'm not some sort of naive person, you know, capitalism exists for a reason. It, it works, mm-hmm. but it's about creating value to society value to your consumers and really living into that. And when you do that long-term, you know, what's the long-term vision for humanity yeah. with your brand? That gives you something to, to aim at. That is not fluffy. That is something you can recruit, <laughs> recruit people on. That is something you can hold yourselves accountable for. That is something that, that really should excite everybody and get them out of bed in the morning, um, tell stories around, really kind of be proud of what people are doing in an, orga- in an organization you know that is not fluff. So no, it's not. And I'll calm and- down a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I thought I thought that I thought that might get you. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: it's, it's good. Nice. So, it's so good.
1: Other,
0: yeah. Yeah, Go and and when you talk about the other thing that you talked about was businesses teams having a strategy, and that you you compared it to sports, which I love because I love sports, the fact that all successful sports teams will have a strategy Um, and I when I started my journey as being um, self-employed you know running my own business I started to see a link with successful business owners and the ones that maybe aren't so much and and all the successful business owners all had business coaches and mentors every single one of them Mm. and obviously you've talked a lot about Marty um would you say he's been one of your most important mentors that's helped to get you where you are?
1: Yeah, Marty is is up there for sure. I would probably say, um, if we're going to get super, you know, personal, like my 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 dad,
0: right? um
1: is, yeah. is is up there. Like my dad um is massively skeptical of <laughs> of a lot of things. <laughs> And so his sort of skeptical mind, which he sort of, um, uh, critical mind, which he kind of gave me, he's, he's like the opposite to me though. Like, so I'm super bouncy and positive. Right. And very optimistic. And he's like really pessimistic and he's like the opposite of me. So you can imagine like dinner at the Davies was, yeah. was, was, was good fun. But the thing that we, um, that, 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 I really loved about my dad was that skeptical mindset that, um, that allowed me to to grow. So so, Dad gave me that. Marty gave me some frameworks and tools and thinking. And there's been lots of influences over the years. Um, people that I've you know known personally who I you know really don't want to shout out because yeah. you know they, they, you know who you are yeah. out there. Um, and people that have guided me. But but ultimately, as I say, I think you're right. The successful people you often find they're principled based. Right. You might not agree with their principles, but they have principles. Yeah. That are outside of money making. Right. And and, and when you think about the successful, successful, uh, when I think about successful CEOs is they've got principles and people believe in those principles as well. The people that believe in those principles will, will gather around them. And my kind of thing is, is, well, let's surface those principles and create that. So it's documented and clear that that's what we're about, that that's, you know, what is it that's on our rally flag? that we're, that we're waving. Now they often, a lot of people do this naturally. You know, they, 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 they go into an interview and they 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 talk to somebody they're hiring at a senior level and they've got that connection. But what happens next generation, you know, when eventually the business, you know, sort of grows and then you've got more people in and you need to sort of have succession and things go down and, you know, business opportunities crop up and people take them. And if there's nothing documented that's solid, what happens is, is Businesses sort of splinter because there's nothing core to what they're doing. Now, my view is is that brand should be that thing. It should be documented. It should be principle based because not you know things change in market. We're in a technical revolution. Things are going to evolve a little bit, but the principles of why you exist from a human level should be there because then you can tell is this new opportunity something we should go for mm-hmm. or not? Will this yeah. add meaning to our target mark to, to our audience to the type of person <laughs> we're offering to yeah. or not?
0: you just made me think of something then when you, you said, should we, um, you know, should we go for this or not? I remember there was a time that Colgate, um, which for those of you that don't know, Colgate is a, a, a toothpaste company. They make toothpaste, very popular in the UK. Um, they decided to branch out and do frozen meals. <laughs>
1: Like what is going on
0: there? It happened. It's it's something they've tried really hard to hide for obvious reasons because it failed so miserably. But could you imagine going and buying, a fro- going to the freezer, buying a frozen meal? Maybe it's, a, I don't know, a beef hot pot or something, and it's got Colgate on the packaging.
1: No way. Like... You wouldn't, you wouldn't associate that with that at all. In fact, it would jar because for me, Colgate is, I had some this morning actually, um, uh, you know, is, 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 is a, is a minty toothpaste, right? So you'd see that on some food. You don't want to eat that, right? You just fair enough to to brush your teeth. No, you're absolutely right. Right. Because this is about, this is exactly what we're talking about, about managing meaning, right? It jars if you don't think about that carefully. Now, if Colgate wanted to do that and create a, a food range as a business, Fair play, but don't call it Colgate because no. that's a different part of the consumer's brain. Call that something else. Um, and I think when you look at sort of brands like uh, Unilever and their archi- uh, you know, brand architecture, that's what they do. They have different brands operating different marketplaces that make sense to that marketplace and are known in that marketplace that are completely different. Why? Because they have different audiences and, you know, and different sort of, um, way that that that, well they're selling them differently and they're different products that do different things so what what the aim is is to become known for one thing in the consumer's mind so that whenever they think toothpaste they think colgate right yeah they don't think anything else but you don't want them to think uh dinner um (laughs) oh colgate because that's just super confusing right so so you want to kind of own in my view it's like well what is that big idea what is Mm. that one thing that you want to own in the consumer's mind. And I think when you come into like B2B, it's it's super important because it, when I, I do a lot of work with business to business organizations and, you know, they, they're very opportunistic. They, they, they do jump around and they, they, they invent new things that sometimes nothing to do with the original marketplace that they were originally operating in. And they just don't understand that consumer side, because this going back to our original thing, if the meaning is what other people attach to you and your offer, right? You've, that behoves you yeah to stop thinking about it from your own business perspective and to get out from your side of the desk walk around to where the customer is sitting and look at it from there through their eyes is it is it making sense you know and I see this all the time and often I'm wheeled in Danielle <laughs> when it's a mess I've got a client <laughs> at the moment who will remain nameless um who I love dearly and I'm like oh my goodness, this, we've got like, you know, they're turning over literally millions and millions of pounds. But from a consumer's perspective, it's just confusing. Um, And then I have to try and unpick it all and figure it out. And then, of course, it becomes even more of a headache because, uh, you know, as time goes on, different leaders come in, they they become entrenched in their little bit. Mm. And somebody's coming along and saying, yeah, but that bit needs to fit to something bigger if we're going to make this make sense. Or you... We segment you off and you do your bit and we brand you separately. You know, how is it going to work? And it's just painful. It's just incredibly painful to figure out some of this stuff. So, but yeah, that's part of the fun. That's why I exist. Yeah. And uh, that's what I enjoy.
0: Would you say that, is that one of the biggest challenges you're facing at the moment within your role and tackling it?
1: Uh, Well, I think the challenge is always the same, right? And the challenge is alignment, right? And, And for me, it starts Here's here's the way that I sort of work if you talk about process. So the first bit of the process is to, is to define that meaning we want people to attach to us, right? You do that through listening to staff from the bottom up. You do that by listening to customers, most importantly, the marketplace with kind of trend research and analysis, and listening to the ambitions of the leaders, right? And you listen to all of that, and you get a bit of a sense of where the mismatches are, where things aren't working out. The next step of the process is to define that then with the leaders. I mean, I believe the leaders have to make these calls, right? So your job as my job as a brand consultant, brand specialist, is to give them the reality, is to hold the mirror up and say, "Look, you say this, you say it's super, you know, clear to understand. Well, here's 15 customers who had your top customers who have no clue, <laughs> no understanding outside of what they immediately buy with you, what you're all about, right? And and your staff are confused, and half of you have told me. One thing, and the other half have told me another thing about what you mean. Like, so you're in a mess, right? Mm. Fine, but you don't want to leave it there. Otherwise, you just get like, oh, Matt's fun, isn't he? Just get annoyed lost, everybody. Yeah, just annoyed. <laughs> so you say so. So, what's the solution? The solution is alignment. So, the next step is okay. We've we you know we 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 define it. We get everybody around that. We rally around that. That's tricky. That comes with a lot of um, you know workshop work. Um, you have to navigate personalities. You have to come with sense and reason, and uh, my view, customer insight, because then you can say, "I know you passionately believe in that, but the customers don't." You know, so you know you need to have that uh, ability. I would say to sort of navigate that, which is good fun, and yeah. then and then the third step, which is the step you know, that you can you can only really do when you've done the first two steps, is, is then we've got to operationalize this in your organization. So we need to take that thinking, we need to launch it into the organization, we need to understand it inside, and um, make sure that the culture is designed around it, and that we're really true to that thing that we've said that we're going to do, um, make sure that that's tucked away in HR, that we're recruiting people, that care about that stuff that we're using values and behaviors to hold ourselves accountable that managers understand that that is crucial to the brand for them to manage staff and and you know and, and help coach them through effectively so inside and also once that starts to make traction we can then perhaps more realistically go out to market with these statements and launch to customers who should be feeling it anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So so when we do the new look and feel, we do the new brand identity, we do the new comms plans, the marketing, the operational side of of sort of marketing that out, it shouldn't be like just a veneer. It should reflect the the reality of the the innards of the organization. And and, we should be able to point at tangible, I call it like reasons to believe. It's like, you you often say to me, what are your values? They go, oh, innovation, innovation is our value. okay great what have you innovated in the last six months right or last year two years what is it specifically that you've created that nobody else has done right and it's rare that you find someone they sort of scratch their heads scrabble around at the bottom of the barrel and might find oh we tweaked this process or something or we put a handle on this product now come on right what what is it that you've actually solved and do you actually have an innovation culture in other words have you designed your company if you say that i'm just taking this as an example if we say innovation have we designed our company in a way that is making sure we've got a pipeline of stuff coming through we've got an innovation team we've got a process we're going to we have a pipeline of expectations of what they're working on with testing and all that stuff if you haven't how can you say you value innovation like in reality so Take that on any of your values. In my view, you should be able to prove them internally and have evidence to show people externally that you really do value that thing. It shouldn't just be fluff. It should be used to make amazing business decisions that you can be proud of. And when yeah. you've got that in place, that's what I'm talking about, about fluff. That's why it upsets me. It's like, <laughs> when you've got that in place, that's not fluffy. It's no. amazing. And that everybody comes to work and, and, and particularly the leaders, and they, they feel a sense of achievement and fulfillment and happiness because and peace. Because... They get out of bed in the morning, and today's the day that they get to to review the, the the top three potential innovations in the company. Why? Because two years ago, we set innovation as our value, and then we've designed a process behind it, and now we're really doing it, you know? And that, there's something really powerful in that, and we can talk to consumers about it in truth.
0: Yeah, and it comes back to what you said about meaning. You know, it's not about just having random words that sound cool, that, that, that look good, because you've got them on your website. It's, well, what does... What Does that actually mean? Do you actually believe it? Because if you don't, people will soon clock on that you're just you can't hide in. today. Yeah, you can't no. hide. And
1: and the biggest thing for me is I find the biggest opportunity for brand. I think in marketing or the going out, you know, we have a, a bit of an appreciation for it, you know, and we we, we see it. We don't quite know how to always uh, you know get into the boardroom sometimes to make that happen and cascade, but the massive opportunity for me is is in hr right in in culture building because exactly what you said you cannot hide right we've seen a number of examples um you know just recently of you know you take brewdog for example a, a recent oh, um yeah. catastrophe <laughs> of culture Ooh, where <laughs> you cannot hide if you've got a toxic culture um people are going to talk about it you know they're going to go on social media and it's going to come out in the wash and 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 tragically that's then going to impact what customers think about you yeah now, I remember a few years ago Starbucks didn't pay tax very yeah. well here in the UK uh, you know I, um, and and at least from a consumer's perspective that had a negative impact people stopped buying yeah right because they thought that, that, that they weren't doing their fair share mm. now whether that's true or not is, is it doesn't matter because it's about managing the meaning in the in the customer's mind so Here's the thing that I, I think um, is, is super important. Like, you need to get, you know, your, your your brand thinking. Your, you know, we talk about values. They should be like guiding signposts for decision making, and if that's, if you, if you're saying that over there, like we value this, you know, I don't know, we could be valuing, um, you know, we value passion, right? Yet All the passionate people just get ignored in the company. Right. And, and they just poo-pooed as being nutters. Then you're not going to, it's not true. And eventually one of those passionate people is going to say, they say they value passion, but yeah. I've put four proposals before my boss and he's told me I'm a jerk. So mm-hmm. here's the thing that's going to come out. So today, you know, I do believe there's nowhere to hide. Social media, the internet has given the power to the customer, yes, but also to the employee. And so the businesses that are going to win are the ones that understand that brand is crucial to align people internally as well as go out to market authentically. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I should write that down. That was good. I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So would you, some people listening to this, so maybe entrepreneurs that have got I know a lot of people that have got a dream. They've got an idea. They want to start a business. And one of the first things they focus on is, oh, I need a name. I need a logo. And then I can go, go out and sell it. What should they know before going down that path? What should they think about?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question because they do need those things. Let's be honest, because, you know, the thing is, is, um, and this is going to probably come as a quick shock to to people knowing my design background, but for me, it isn't about the logo, right? That's the most important thing. Um, It's not about that. They shouldn't think about that first, even the name. I don't think they should think about first, although that's often how it, how it works. They need to think about, this is my view, who they are serving, right? In their mind's eye, they need to understand that type of person inside out, they need to spend time with them, they need to speak with them, they need to understand the problem that they're truly, truly solving for that person or that group. So for me, it's all about groups of people. It's about audiences and becoming valuable to those audiences, helping them with an issue, a problem. It might be helping them to grow into a particular type of identity or become something, but whatever it is, you need to understand where they are today and where, what the beautiful future is for tomorrow for them, right? And that doesn't mean that your brand should be there for everybody because not everybody's going to have that challenge or problem in their life. You want to figure out a high-value problem that's really valuable to a particular segment of the population um, that you're looking towards and then you need to figure out as I say an amazing solution and and figure out how you're going to do that now that's the first point now a lot of people have that like they're like hey I've got this idea I've had this problem right a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> they experience a problem <laughs> yeah and they're like I'm going to find a solution right great but then they forget they start to forget as the years roll on what it was like to be you before you had the problem solved, right? And then, and then you branch out into other things. And uh, no, 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 just keep going back. So my view is, I'm a big fan of personas um, when you're talking about audiences. So, yeah. so one of the things that I think is is simple. I say simple stuff, principle based stuff is is to is to sit down with a sheet of paper or get your team together with a sheet of paper and say, okay, who is our ideal <laughs> audience? Right? Who are they? Don't talk about what we sell them, but you know what are their passions? There's there's two parts to this. There's the the demographic, right, which is becoming less and less important as time goes on. You know, traditionally demographic audience profiling would be like age, gender, location, yeah, whatever, right? It's, That's
0: yeah,
1: that you know we're in a different era. Like technology has wiped that away, right? Seriously, and and you know social dynamics have changed. What we need to be thinking about more is the psychographics, right? Yeah. So this is what do these people believe? What is their attitude? What challenges do they have? What are they trying to achieve? And what's getting in their way, right? So once you document that, you look at that and you say, okay, well, we have this one product that helps with one small part of that, right? Maybe, or we don't have a product at all yet, but we're going to design a product. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can think these people have about eight different challenges, right? going to focus on one and we're just going to solve that for them really really well but as time goes on maybe we've got uh, an opportunity here to also solve another challenge for them and another challenge but the key is that the audience stays the same and you're just innovating with your brand to help them become uh, better you're trying to change them for the best and that's why i love this because as an old designer you know, it was the same with design. You're trying to move somebody from where they are today and, and create a way forward that makes a positive transformation. That's what yeah. we should be doing with brand. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's, I'm I'm definitely going to listen back to this and make some notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might as well, actually. I think I said the odd thing that might be even useful for myself, but who knows? But, yeah, no, but it is true though. And, and I think, it, it, as I say, like a lot of people, um, you know, have frameworks that can help uh, businesses through this stuff I've got frameworks and stuff but ultimately it's the simple things it's actually quite simple when you think about it it's very very hard to do and the biggest thing I think the hardest thing is aligning hundreds of people around something simple right really hard Um, it's really hard to to align a leadership team around something really simple like this and you managed to do it Matt well, I, I I do do it, and and it, but it is hard work, yeah. right? It is hard work, um, and it, and it's never, as I say, it's never finished. So it's about designing ways of constantly listening to that audience, constantly showing up as a leadership team, holding yourselves accountable to it, as well as marrying that to the business side, because of course the commercial is super important, uh, and it has to connect to where the brand needs to be, um, because the business, the money, is like the fuel that then should fuel the brand to get it where it needs to go right so it, it it's like um you know the money's like the the fuel that goes in the car but the, where's the car going right
0: yeah you know we,
1: we top the car up i like okay. that where are we going um where's the destination yeah. so you've got to have the destination mm-hmm. in mind you've got to get you know the people in the car uh, that you need um and then you, you get the fuel, and then you put the fuel in, great, but it's going to propel you somewhere. Yeah, people are going to make money along the way. That's great. But as I say, if your sole objective for your brand is to make money, as soon as your brand stops making money, you're gone.
0: Yeah. Whereas
1: if you have something bigger, more interesting, more valuable, um, you'll find that people are a little bit more patient, that, that that your staff come up with different ideas because they understand, okay, so we've stopped making money, but how else could we show up for this customer a great example that comes to mind is you know Heinz baked beans right yeah, Kraft Heinz. yeah well in the pandemic I think 2019 it, it obviously all hit do you remember when um the shelves in uh, like uh, all the supermarkets were completely stripped bare right?
0: yeah like we couldn't get toilet paper for ages mate
1: it was <laughs> awful I was like this is this is yeah. like the apocalypse happening yeah. like, what on earth anyway one of the reasons was was the distribution was so i mean there was consumer buying went super high um the distribution became difficult to get out to supermarkets all this stuff happened but the fact of the matter was was heinz some i don't know who it was one day i'm going to find them i'm going to say Mm. you're awesome somebody at heinz um or a team at heinz decided to cut out the supermarkets what they did was in a space of i think it was about two or three weeks they looked at the situation and thought, "How can we serve our customers? Our customers can't get hold of our product, so how do we get our product to them?" Uh, they created these boxes, right, where they were like um, lots of little lots of Heinz product went in the box, um, and they set up a website. They did a deal with a distribution company, um, and they uh, and and they basically went to market in like two to three weeks. And you could spend, I think it was about twenty pounds, and buy a box, an emergency box of Heinz. Product straight to your door through no the way. unbelievable, and then they did, and then a three weeks later, there i think it was around three weeks later—they did another one for you know people who were ba- who because they do a lot of baby food, right?
0: Yeah, um,
1: and and so it was for babies, and it had all sorts of stuff for babies in it, and I was just like, this is so good because genius. this is putting customer at the front, okay, and you know it might cheese off the supermarkets, right? But Heinz were like well, look, the supermarkets can't get, get it out to them anyway. So frankly, really, who cares? <laughs> they put all that to one side and they serve the customer. And that to me is an, a great example of where um, it, of where businesses need to be. They need to be uh, thinking about the customer all the time, be re- ready to make bold moves to get, to fulfil what their brand should be about, right?
0: Yeah. I love Heinz. I want some beans now. You got me thinking <laughs> about beans. I might have beans on toast for my lunch. Heinz means beans. And that's the thing
1: again, you know, that's what they've occupied (laughs) in your mind, right? Yeah.
0: Big time. Um, Yeah. Big time. Um, I was having a look on your website and I noticed that you've worked for one of my favorite uh, lager brands, which is Brooklyn Brewery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, That lager was actually introduced to me by our mutual friend, Wes. Wes
1: Henstock. Wes Um, is a genius. I love Wes. (laughs)
0: Me too. Um, how did you end up working for them? And Well,
1: uh, yeah, interesting question. I work with them through um, an agency in New York that I work with. So I do consultancy for agencies as well. So um, that agency was called Motto or is called Motto. I still work with them very, very much. Um, and uh, they're, fant- they're a fantastic team. They've got a really great approach to to helping businesses. And often I'm used at the front end of their processes to come in and help bigger businesses to to kind of deliver on on whatever it is that we, we we're being asked to do right yeah. um with with Brooklyn um yeah we were we were working with them on some some innovation strategy I can't go into too much detail no, yeah appreciate yeah but um course. but yeah I was I was uh, the lead strategist on there that's and awesome. yeah we had an amazing time we were we were they were a great team to work with and 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 yeah all, obviously all in the U.S. and that's the thing I think we should probably say as well you know, I think the whole landscape of, of brand and who delivers brand is shifting, right? It used to be traditionally these big agencies and obviously they've got their place in the ecosystem. But what I think people are looking for, business leaders are looking for is, is people, personalities that can come in that fit with their organization um, and, uh, you know, and can kind of help move the dial and, and unite people. And so I think we're seeing a lot more um, shifting of, 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 of the way that our industry works um i think um it's a great place to be now as a freelancer you know and 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 having the opportunities that come up because people can reach you directly you can work with them directly or you can work with them through a co- you know a collaborative yeah. like mm-hmm. like i've done with brooklyn and and it doesn't really matter it mat- all that matters is you're getting them where they need to be yeah. um so yeah
0: did you get any free beer
1: <laughs> i i would have loved to but here's the thing getting stuff from the us to the uk yeah um there is a lot of law around uh that the us states have around shipping alcohol oh, so yeah. no however i did i did buy beer i you know throughout the whole of that project i was drinking <laughs> beer um regularly just
0: to make sure you know, rese- yeah just to check <laughs> yeah just making sure
1: yeah um no, cool.
0: awesome um, and before we wrap up there's just a couple more questions i wanted to ask you matt um what occupation other than your
1: own would you
0: like to try? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um before we came on, I told you that um about a year ago I'd moved to a farm. Yeah. In the middle of South Wales. We sold we sold up, we've got this beautiful farm, 15 acres beautiful fields and forestry and rivers. And honestly, just so grateful to be here. I work in my little studio here around the world. And then I step outside into this, you know, paradise of peace, which I need because you can tell from my brain, I'm like, you know, I'm (laughs) too intense sometimes. So, so if you would say, Matt, you know, you had to jack in that, what would you like to do? Do you know, I genuinely love to try a bit of farming. It looks really hard. Like I have people farm on my land and it looks peaceful and easy. it looks easy, but I bet it's really yeah. tough. I
0: bet it's oh, tough. a few of my friends are farmers. It's not it's not easy, Matt.
1: <laughs> I can imagine it's not. But I think I'd like to try it. You know, yeah I think I'd like- yeah, you so- could definitely give it a I i think so i to yeah. i to in helping from to to time to time to yeah. mm. try time to time to yeah you know like i think i'd try to try to start small. try start
0: yeah. to <laughs> Like maybe some
1: that. rare cow or something i don't know <laughs> breed a cow i don't know i have no idea you can tell i should probably not do it. but yeah well, I, think that would be cool. I
0: can i can introduce
1: you to a few of my friends can i tell you another one that i'd be interested yeah in? yeah i've always thought i'd really love to be a waiter like genuinely enjoy that like but serving you know, people i would love that yeah. hello welcome to the restaurant yeah. how mm. are you today madam mm. i'd love all that so okay. yes yeah, so and one of those two things uh, how about yourself danielle <laughs> hey, hey, um what?
0: I I love music. Oh, nice! No, like, I, I
1: really, what really. What kind love of music? music?
0: Oh, it's a, it's really eclectic. I listen to everything pretty much. You know, I love classical. I love hip hop. I love rock. I love drum and bass. Like it's all over the shop. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I don't like is happy hardcore. <laughs> tried it i'm really old i have
1: no idea what that means uh, but i, I will I'll nod send,
0: anyway yeah i'll um i'll send you a link to what happy hardcore is you, you'll only <laughs> listen to it for a short amount of time and i'm not a fan of death metal Ooh, yeah. um it's just a bit too intense um but apart from that anything goes and and so i, I think i'd I'd quite like to be a dj if i could pick another occupation I would love that. This whole playing some tunes, getting people together, dancing. You know, maybe you,
1: maybe maybe you could do that as well. You know, maybe we could. You know, as things open back up, maybe yeah. you should think about that.
0: Maybe, cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a question that you wish I'd asked you that I haven't? That you want? You know what? To that's
1: so about? funny that you that you've asked that because that's usually my end question whenever <laughs> I'm into interviewing people like for research measures. Yeah. Um, no, not really. I think I think um, I guess I guess the. Uh, I guess we've covered a, a you know, my a whole we've gambit a of lot. stuff there. Yeah, um, it's
0: been amazing.
1: The, the only thing I think um, might, might if, I, if I can be so cheeky, is to say is like, if, if somebody wanted to get in touch with me, where, yeah. where might they find yeah. me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you mentioned my website, uh, mrmattdavies.me. Um, I've, I'm on Instagram, but my big thing is on LinkedIn. So I'd absolutely love, I love talking to people on LinkedIn, you know, connect with me. Who knows? It might not be something today. It might be something in a few years that you think, oh, there's some weird bearded branded guy that (laughs) might have a view on that. I'm always happy to give a thought um, or a view, particularly on business challenges. So reach out. um, I'd love to connect and, um, you know, and that would be wonderful.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you for joining me today. I have learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have as well. And um, yeah, thanks for speaking to us
1: an absolute honor and you know keep doing what you're doing Danielle because as I say we need more voices out there talking about this stuff to business you know and, and I'd say that really let's let's get these messages into businesses because it's going to be better for them better for the leadership teams of, of, of those businesses but ultimately better for society and the customer because it will make things super clear for everybody so yeah. keep doing what you're doing
0: I will thanks a lot Matt
1: thank you <laughs>